There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across new and pre-owned petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid and electric Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show this afternoon. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on, I continue my Stevie Wonder story. The Rose of Tralee came to me. It did a few years ago. Now they have another title in the Royal County. It's the Nose of Tralee and we'll be talking to the Pooch's owner on the show a little bit later on. Dr Frank Clark has developed an environmentally friendly type of dog food. Yes, he has indeed. We'll hear about it. We'll be talking wasps as well on the show. Can I call her wasp woman? I don't think I will to her face. Anyway, Professor Serian Sumner is with us and she is an expert in wasps and they're everywhere at the minute, aren't they? They are and will be for the next number of weeks as autumn descends and the fruit ripens and if you're going to recycle your bins or cans at the cycle bins you could be stung to death at this stage anyway she loves wasps and she's going to tell us why and why they're so important in the hierarchy of creatures if you want to get in touch with us on the show today don't forget the numbers 086-1800-658 whatsapp or text me to the show join in the conversation you're so welcome or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Now, I need not remind you, you do know, that Mead ladies are in the All-Ireland Senior Final. On the 5th of September, they take on the dubs into the cider. Fantastic victory over Cork in the semi-final. And they're just the sensation this year. They really are. Uh, promoted up to the senior ranks and making it to a senior final. It's simply remarkable. And I'm joined by one of their true stars, Aveen Leahy. Hello. Hi, Jerry. How are things? Ah, very good. First off, I have to get straight to this. I know you probably get your tickets as a player, but there's bedlam, isn't there, in trying to secure match tickets since they were uh, supposedly issued this morning? Yeah, um, Jerry, they came out this morning and I know there's uh, people are having an awful trouble getting a few disappointed families out there, but I don't know, hopefully they'll resolve the issue fairly soon because even just, you know, for supporters that have been coming to the games for the last few years they really really want to be there on the occasion mm. and you know we're hearing we're getting reports from people contacting us you heard it there with column on the sport I know that people are going mad with this hanging on for ages and ages so if, if you're waiting it, it, it's not just you it's everybody's experiencing difficulties is that the message Avi? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I, uh, you know, a lot of the players are say, saying today that they they are having difficulties as well, and friends and family are having the same problems. But it seems like there are tickets there. Um, just hopefully it's resolved soon that people can 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 settle. Yeah, please God it will. Let's get this sorted between Ticketmaster and everybody else and get those tickets out there because so many people want to be there on the day. Well, 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 young lady. Tell me honestly now, no spoofing here. Did you honestly believe when you started out in this year and this campaign in these difficult times that you'd be heading for Croker for the final on the 5th of September? Well, you know, I was thinking before you brought me on online here... Uh, what what you were going to ask me and what what would I think of this uh, the situation that we're in at the moment and like I was saying to myself like God it's every young child's dream to play an All Ireland final day in Croke Park and it has been all of our dreams since we started as young kids playing at our clubs and um, since winning the intermediate we just kept working hard and pushing on and it wasn't that we would never would it's not that we wouldn't have believed but. Um, we knew we would have had to work hard to get where we are and we're really delighted to be going on the 5th of September to Croker. You can't beat hard work and dedication and I know you as a group all have it. Oh my God, that semi-final. I, I thought you were dead and buried, to be honest. Be not, I put my cards on the table. I was watching, I said, no, they're gone, they're gone. There's no way they're back here. Oh, and the name is in Christopher. That comeback was just something else. And then to clip Cork uh, in the additional time was really, really special. And you could see the joy. It just abounded among everybody. Is it a question then of trying to, you know, settle yourselves now and put that behind you and just really get the focus for Dublin? Has that been difficult to do? Um, good question. Uh, no, look, at, you know, we came with seven points. We came back from seven points and it just I suppose, shows the true, the true grit in our mead side that, you know, you can't, you can never give up. You can never throw the top towel in and I suppose we're going to do that um, on the 5th of September against Dublin. Um, no, like there was obviously a big high for the last for the for the last week. Everybody's so delighted, and um, we've got so many well wishes and people that are backing us, and it's great. Um, but as players now, we just have to turn our focus to the game, and you know, put out in you know social media to the to the background and focus on what the job we have to do on. Um, the 5th of September. For for listeners, you know, it's a huge commitment and, and don't underestimate what these girls have done and will do right up to the final day. Take, for example, this week. What's your schedule for this week, training-wise? Um, we're training on the pitch three times and then we have our recovery sessions in between. Um, we do on our own individually. So um, it's all about eating, really eating a lot and eating really well this week and I know I'm planning on going over to the sea later and getting into the the, co- the cold water for the legs to recover again for our next session on Friday night. Um, it's 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 a tough it's tough going, but you don't want to be anywhere else. We're only delighted to be to be training hard and preparing for a final. I take it you'll be in the sea along the Meath coastline. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drift north or south. Whatever you do, stay where you are. Stay in the with the winning with the winning waves. Anyway, so look, it is, and and you mentioned that. Besides the training and the recovery and the whole team element of things, there's a huge avian individual responsibility on each girl, isn't there? To look after yourself, as you say, eat well, mind yourself, get the rest, all that type of thing. So it impinges on on your life from morning to night. 
It does, yeah. And I suppose, like, a lot of us have been, like, we're programmed into this kind of way of living for the last few years. And to get better, you need to, you need to up your game in all aspects in terms of what you're eating and your, like you said, your rest and your recovery and sleep is so important. And I suppose keeping other stresses at bay. Um, but but no, like I suppose that that's just what that's just what we have to do, and that's that's why we're where we are. Now you're a real sporting family. Your dad, John, a former handballer, Galway minor, and under twenty-one hurler. Your sister, Alvis, a member of the panel. Your brother plays football and hurling with Navin O'Mahony's. So you know, in in the household, is it sport from morning to night? Yeah, we're all coming and going, but um, oh, we wouldn't have it any other way. Dad is great. In fairness to him, he always has as a dinner ready and he's great for getting the washing the 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 washing line's always full of <laughs> foot gear and the lot. Um yeah, no, but like, you know, it's great to be busy and it's great to be out and active and um you know, what what I don't know, what more can you want? Like, you know, we're able yeah. to we're all fit and healthy and it's great that we're able to go out and enjoy our sport and to be part of teams with other people and in with the same mindset, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But there's one person I didn't mention, and I mention her now. It's your late mum, Dorothy, who was a huge part as well of the family and that whole sporting ethos and being with you all the way. And a lot has been written about her and you. You're well aware of this in the run up to the semi-final and, of course, uh, the final now in focus. June the 29th, 2019, you lost her after a battle with cancer. But... She's always with you, isn't she, Avine? Always. Yeah, I look at, um, you know, I got a call from a journalist there a couple of weeks ago and suppose you wouldn't be used to talking about it, um, you know, on that kind of a level. But um, I was overwhelmed by the responses to the to the article. I, I, I really didn't realise how far it would go. I thought it was really just for the ladies' Gaelic. Um, and I woke up that Saturday morning and I was, so overwhelmed by the lovely messages that I got from people and I suppose maybe it's it struck a chord with other people that may have gone through something similar and um, it's it's really nice to know that you have yeah, the support of other people in the community as well. Mm, you do by the bucket load, I have to say, because I read the story and it really touched me, I want to say to you, and, you know, especially when she passed your team was in an intermediate final and uh, this enormous loss happened to you and your family and I'll tell you what brought home to me you know life and and what life is really about because when the girls lost that final uh, of course they were devastated but your mother's loss really put that loss in perspective you know what I'm talking about? Yeah absolutely I know um, the article did mention actually that the when I had said the girls all arrived up in their game and everything, and I, that just shows the the power of the power of sport and the power of being involved with a supportive team and maybe the importance of of being involved with teams and having those people around you at those difficult times. But uh, yeah, no, look, yeah, you said you know that mum is always with me, and I know that, and I always get little signs that you know, I keep, you know, I keep the signs to myself, but you know, I know, I know she's with me, so. Mm. Um, and that was lovely where they all arrived up and were around you and were with you and supporting you after that game and were with you. And you, you, you do mention how much you appreciated that. But it was 
Really, really, really touching, I have to say. Does she inspire you? You know, when you go out in the field and you're getting revved up and you will be to take on the dubs, does she put that fire in your belly? Do you think of her at that at that point when the ball is thrown in or just before you go? Um, to be honest, Sherry, no, I don't. I don't think I don't think of mum during the game because hmm. you know there's other parts of the day that are that can be tough without her, and it's not. You know, yes. when I go when I go into a match. Of one thing on my mind and I have a focus on the game and focus on what the job I have to do then. But in the back of my head and before the game I know I know that that there's somebody watching down, there's somebody looking after us. So you know, that's nice in that sense. But when the ball is thrown in, no. It's luck out. One one thing on my mind is getting that ball. <laughs> and that's what your mammy would want as well. That's what Dorothy would be yeah. in there. She was with you so many times in the stand, roaring on and shouting as well. Oh, my God almighty. It's uh, such a time for for your family and everybody involved with this. So, look, uh, it, it is the 5th of September. The preparations are ongoing. And I don't have to tell you, uh, you know, you've overcome some wonderful challenges this year. This is the greatest challenge of all, isn't it? This Dublin team, you're, you're all well aware of that. Yeah, oh, look, you know, we know that Dublin are a good side. They're going for their fifth in a row now. And, you know, but there's no reason why we can't do it. You know, we've prepared well. It's 15 on 15 at the end of the day. We are just going to go out and play our own game and um, give it all we have and sh- show that that grit that we sh- we showed against Cork and keep going till the final whistle no matter what. You're a teacher and you teach at St Paul's National School in Navin. Are you back in late this week or is it next week you're back? We're back Monday and the, the kids are in on Tuesday. All right, so you'll be busy. Yeah, listen, that's it. There's your preparation for the All Ireland final. <laughs> Are they a bigger task to look after? <laughs> uh, I know. Look, it's so good for the kids, and, and you know, even just for for them have to have somebody to look up to, and maybe even especially the girls, and, and same for the clubs in in the county. Um, a bit of excitement, a bit of buzz for the children. So that's what it's about. <laughs> And, you know, you are role models. That goes without saying. And what you've achieved, you realise this has grabbed the, the attention of everybody and inspiration indeed uh, for future young girls who aspire to wear that green and gold and, and play in Croke Park. Tell me this. What's it like to run out and hear the roar? Um, it's great. Yeah, I know it's great. But the, the, the roars kind of fade when, you're, when you go out and you're, you're, you're playing the game. Um, when you go out to Ferry Start, it's not sure. It's, I don't know. There's no words. It's ecstatic feeling. Mm. It's it's great. Mm. And sure, cliche maybe, but it is the stuff of dreams. It is what every young girl that plays football or camogie um, would aspire to be. You mentioned during the game, you know, the oohs and the ahs of the crowd, the roars, the guffaws, all that type of thing. Are you saying to me that when you're in the zone out there playing, really, that's peripheral, is it? Well, for me, yeah, yeah. It, does, it does fade. You can't let it in because if you let it in, then your focus goes. Mm. So, you know, I suppose if there was a, a rasper of a goal, if Vicky Wall <laughs> repeats her repeats her <laughs> intermediate goal, then, then I'd say the whole place will erupt. But um, when you'd be able to listen to that. But, no, you know, yeah, it fades. It does fade. You're kind of focusing on the pitch and what you have to do. The biggest roar we want to hear is when that scoreboard shows me the head and the hooter sounds. That's the roar we all want to hear. 
Yeah, we listen then. (laughs) (laughs) Sure you'll be listening at that stage. You will indeed. But look, anyway, it's lovely to catch up with you today. I I wish you well on everything. Wish you well going back to school, a responsible job, teaching uh, youngsters as well next week. But especially for the match, the match on the 5th of September. Wish you and everybody involved, all the girls, the management team, supporters, everybody all the very best for that final and we will be coming back to it uh, with another of your colleagues next week on the show Uh, but good luck to you all and we wish you well if wish could win you have it you understand that (laughs) (laughs) yes Aileen you're lovely thanks indeed for joining me on the show good wishes thanks so much thanks a million for having me not at all bye bye now that's the lovely Aileen Leahy there Uh, one of the stars of Mead Ladies and that final yes we'll be building up to it here on LMFM of course all next week and bringing you the final from Croke Park on the 5th of September and we do wish them well it's a great year honestly for Mead football Mead minors are uh, in the final as well so all's looking good in the Royal County late lunch LMFM radio lots of guests and chat and music and more besides to come where would you go go nowhere back in a moment Louise, tell me this. That's probably it's a dumb question. Should I ask you many dumb questions? You're that used to them and at I this stage. I answer dumb. <laughs> no, you don't. The Rolling Stones. Did you ever see the Rolling Stones or had you any affinity for their music or songs at all? No, I think I was born a little bit too late. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a generational thing, I'd say, with the Stones, even though more fans have come to them in, in recent years. Younger, uh, a younger fan base. But we, we heard when we were talking about Slane, didn't we, uh, about, you know, People contact us, listeners contact us to say how much they enjoyed the Stones in Slane. They played twice. a huge act at the time. Yeah, they played twice. And uh, I remember somebody saying to me last week that they thought they were even better the second time round, you know, when they come back 20 odd years later. Uh, But they had a huge following and they probably are, if you check the records and that, one of the best selling, most popular groups of all time in the world. Yeah, you still see men, grown men playing air guitar, jumping off tables at weddings (laughs) to them, but... (laughs) I've never seen them play. <laughs> yes, indeed. Peter Kayesque. Yeah, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, at <laughs> weddings. Anyway, uh, sad news yesterday. The death reported of Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts. The unlikely uh, stone, to be honest. He's a quiet man. Jazz background, really, as a drummer. And not, not you know, Jagger takes the, the He wasn't a hell's angel. like. No, no, it. no. And I saw that he was married to the same lady for 57 years. Oh, that's lovely. Yes, he was indeed. And he's the first Unusual. of... Yeah, yeah, in the rock and roll game. He's the first of the Stones to pass away. So with uh, the late, the late Charlie Watts in mind, let's remind us of the man who kept time for the boys with this one. The Rolling Stones Honky Tonk Women on Late Lunch this afternoon. Louise asked me upstairs before we came down what was a honky tonk woman. What did I tell you a honky tonk woman was? Do you remember what I told you? A mad woman in nightclubs. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, honky. (laughs) I'm being diplomatic. Honky Tonk means a cheap, disreputable bar, club, or dance hall. So the type of woman that hangs round a place like that. Do you know what I mean? Mad woman. (laughs) 
a bit of cracker of you for a few jars. You know what I mean? That, that's a honky tonk woman, and uh, that's it. Was in Jaggers and the Stones book. Anyway, you have uh, something in your mind about a connection between Jagger and Clara yeah, Head, is I, it? I don't know whether there's any truth in it. I remember hearing years ago that Mick Jagger and Jerry Hall, that he was with at the time, used to spend or did spend a time down at a house near Port Beach outside Clarehead. I think it was owned by one of the Guinness family at mm. the time. And some of the songs um, of the, the Rolling Stones were written there. It was over really? some. I have no idea if there's any truth in it. But Jerry Hall used to be seen going into some of the local shops. Apparently. Put, put a freedom of information request into the Clarehead and District <laughs> Residents Association. Anyone in Clarehead know anything about Jagger, Hall and Could be pie in the sky. Port it's Beach. one of those things I heard. Or is there Louise something in our tea at the minute? Anyway, if you do have <laughs> anything or you can corroborate that story, let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text to the show. Coming up after two, wasps. Oh, so many people just detest them. We have a wasp expert joining us on the show. They get a real bad press, don't they? We love our bees. Yes, they produce honey and they pollinate. Ah, oh, they're lovey-dovey. We don't mind bees at all. But when it comes to the wasp, uh-uh, people just don't get them or like them. And they're in abundance at the moment. Well, for the next while, we're going to talk about the wasp because I'm joined by entomologist and behavioural ecologist, Professor Serian Sumner. Hello, Serian. Hello, hello. Great to have you with us. And I hope that joyous hello is because you're going to give the wasp what it deserves. You're going to put it up there on a pedestal for me. Tell us about Absolutely. the wasp. Absolutely. It's one of my favourite pastimes is to evangelise about the wasp. <laughs> tell our listeners who, you know, you know, I don't have to tell you this or it's the same in Britain or Ireland. When the wasps appear, people hammer them, kill them, put out jam jars with water in them to drown them. We massacre them. Why? I know, isn't it so sad? Uh, so the main, as you mentioned in your introduction, we, we don't mind bees, um, even though they stink, right? So I'm mm. sure many of your listeners have been stung by bees. Um, and yet we tolerate the fact that they sting because we understand what they do for us. They're really important in pollination and also in the the, the products that they provide us with, like honey um, and wax. So bees are kind of get a free card, uh, mm. because which kind of makes up for the fact they sting. But wasps on the other hand um don't people don't understand what wasps do um and i guess it's partly a, a scientist's fault in that uh, wasps are very understudied relative to bees or ants or any other insect for that matter um and so we don't really put wasps out there much we don't get wasps in the media we don't have stories to tell about wasps because they're pretty understudied mm. uh, but the reality is that you, you know your listeners should be looking at that wasp at their picnic uh, in a bit more of a favorable light because actually wasps are friendly they are your, your they are nature's pest controllers Oh. Um, so they are eating the other insects in your garden that you might regard as pests and that you might otherwise use some chemicals to kill. Um, step away from the pesticides and let the wasps come in and do that work for you. So what will they eat? Will they eat green fly, white fly, small creatures like that, is it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially the yellow jacket wasp, which is the one that probably you get mostly at this time of year. 
um, outside at your picnics or your your beer gardens. Um, they're the yellow and black striped ones, mm. um, and they are they are generalist hunters. So they will hunt anything that they can. So they will hunt anything, uh, any uh, kind of arthropod. So any insect, uh, spiders, uh, and they'll even go for uh, carrion, so dead meat, which is why they quite like coming to your barbecue and, and nicking a bit of your chicken. <laughs> I'm smiling here because it, that's exactly, we know what they do. There, there's a lot of them about at the minute and people just run a mile. The other thing is this, as I know, when a bee stings, he stings you once he dies. The wasp can just bang, 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 can multiple sting you? Uh, yeah, so actually that's a bit of a myth because it's only the honeybee that um, dies when it stings you. There are 22,000 species of bees out there and a very small number of them are the ones that actually lose their sting. Okay. Uh, so often uh, if you're, you know, if your kids are running around in the grass barefoot and they get stung, they think it's a wasp because there's no sting in, in there. It's probably a bee. It's probably a ground nesting bee. Mm. Um, so what most bees can carry on stinging you just like a wasp can. Now, you mentioned the good they do, and I'm being a bit facetious given the bad press. I do know that always within nature there's the hierarchy and everything has its function. So is that their primary claim to fame, that they deal with all these other little creatures that can uh, annoy the gardener, be they growing flowers or vegetables or whatever, anything else of merit in a wasp? Come on! Oh, there are so many things to say about wasps. So I guess in terms of people wanting to know what wasps do for us, mm. it's not just pest control. Um, they're also pollinators. And it, um, so they have to uh, visit flowers in order to collect nectar to feed themselves. So the adults that you see flying around, they aren't... Uh, they're, they're actually vegetarians. They won't eat the meat. They collecting the meat to bring back to their colony to feed to the brood. So it's the brood, the babies that are the carnivores. The adults are actually uh, nectivores, and that's why they go for your sugary drinks mm. as well because they're after sugar. Um, so they pollinate. They go to flowers, and in the same way that bees do, they will go from flower to flower, transferring pollen that gets uh, collected on their body inadvertently when they're uh, visiting flowers for nectar. So that's the second reason to like wasps. Um, there are lots of other reasons. So another thing is that some sorts of wasps uh, disperse seeds. And seed dispersal is really important uh, for plants. They don't want their seeds to drop directly by the parent plant because then the, the new plants, the, the, the baby plants, would compete with the parents. Um, and so wasps are one of those insects that um, helps carry seeds further away from the parent plant. Um, uh, they're also important for decomposition. So I mentioned the fact that they eat carrion, um, so uh, dead meat. Um, wasps are really important for stripping uh, dead mammals clean of flesh, for example. Uh, there's accounts for, of wasps in the, um, in the Brazilian rainforest that can strip a dead bird of its meat within a few hours. So they're incredibly uh, effective at that kind of thing. I think um, you've given them enough good <laughs> I, I know go you on, could keep on, going and going. <laughs> I know, but I'll tell you, you're changing me. You're changing my oh, attitude, hooray. I have to say today. Hooray. But here's the thing I wanted to ask you about them. Um, they, you mentioned the young ones uh, back uh, in the in the nest they created. And in my time, I've had wasps nesting in my home in different areas. They find attics. They go in under fascia boards, uh, vents in homes and that as well. Is that their typical, you know, uh, 
place where they where they build uh, the the comb and everything and rear the youngsters, those type of areas I mentioned. Or is that atypical? Are they just, you know, adjusting to mankind and all the houses and buildings we've thrown up over the centuries? Well, you've, you've summarised it in one, actually. I mean, wasps, naturally, they would um, nest in the ground or they might build a nest in a tree. Um, but wasps, certain types of wasps anyway, appear to be adapting quite well to the uh, the man, the human altered environment that we're creating. Um, and in fact, we are inadvertently providing them with rather nice nesting sites. So actually, uh, a species that you get in your attic is normally nesting in the ground. And you think, well, why is it, why is it nesting up so high? Well, actually, what they want is somewhere dark and warm and insulated and protected from predators. And your attic is a brilliant place and it's often a bit warmer than underground. Um, and so you find that these nests in your attics might might last a bit longer um, into the autumn than the, the nests in more natural habitats. And that's because your house is a bit cooler. So I guess if you want to discourage the wasps in your attic, turn your heating down. <laughs> There's a super tip today. But look at the thing about it is, and I understand this as well, they're going about their business. They have to live as well. If you have sugary drinks, if you're having a pint, if you're having your barbecue, etc., they're there and they're trying to profit from that. And that's where people swat them away and they get stung. And of course, this is the other thing you just, we, we talked about there. If they're in the vent of a house, if they're in an attic, if they're in a wall or that, they're constantly coming and going. And if you, the human being, walks in the way, they like to uh, say, excuse me, could you let me into my home? Yes, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, it's rare. People think that wasps are out to get them. That's rarely the case. Um, if a wasp is a- appearing to go at you, um, then it's probably defending itself or its nest. Uh, and just like you would, you would defend your home uh, from mm. a, a predator or a, a burglar. And you would also defend your children from anyone who might might try to harm them um, or yourself. So they're just simply doing what you or I would do to protect themselves. Um, I've just been having lunch outside in my garden with my daughter. And it's a lovely sunny day here in Oxfordshire. And there were two or three wasps flying around. Now, luckily, my daughter is very well trained and she doesn't swat them. Um, and we had some tuna mayo and they were they were definitely going for our tuna mayo they were not interested in our sugary drinks or anything else we had out there it was just the tuna so we just let them go about their business and they had a little bit of tuna and that was our little wasp offering and they didn't bother us at all um so i would say i would encourage your listeners to when the wasps visit you at your picnic sit watch them don't flap see what they're going for and then give them a little bit of it and and they'll they'll leave you alone they're not interested in you they're interested in that particular normally protein bit of food now now folks you heard the woman she is the wasp expert she is (laughs) advising you what to do not to annoy them and just work with them work with nature and all will be fine here's the other thing can you confirm or deny Sarian um, when they nest in a particular place they won't come back to that spot well, they, they technically, there's no reason why they should, because at the end of the colony cycle, at the end of the autumn, um, the whole nest dies, mm. all the workers will die, and the new sexual brood, so the queens, uh, uh, the queen, the new queens, which we call gynes, and the males will have gone off and mated, and then all the males die. And then the newly mated uh, next year's queens will then find somewhere to hibernate. And it's a good bet that if your mum successfully raised a big colony and you're the product of it in 
you know a particular place like your attic then it's a pretty good place to try and uh, hibernate so they will disperse and quite far but they will often a few of them will hibernate quite close by and then in the spring they will emerge and that those queens will set off to find their own colonies and they won't necessarily have memory of where they grew up it's just that their that, that your attic is probably quite a good nesting site and so if it is a good nesting site if it's accessible if it's got the right conditions then it's much more likely to get recolonized the next year but as far as we know there's no reason yeah. that there's no evidence that they will definitely go back to the same place uh, message in for you Jerry can you ask that lovely lady why are Irish wasps more vicious than the ones in other parts of the world Oh, I don't think that's true. I, I think your your listener should go to New Zealand and speak to the New Zealanders, where the Irish wasp, as you call it, um, has uh, is a is an invasive species in New Zealand, and they are dreadful there. They're, they build these enormous colonies, and they are um, causing great uh, a great deal of, bi- of damage to the biodiversity. Um, and so, actually, the people in New Zealand are who work on wasps are the, sort of the opposite to me. I'm saying I'm trying to persuade everyone love the wasps. They're <laughs> amazing they're useful and then in New Zealand they're going wasps are dreadful how do we get rid of them and in fact the New Zealand scientists come over to the UK to collect the um the parasites and pathogens that they hope that they can use to kill the wasps in their country um because they are such a problem so your Irish wasps are not horrible they are very very good they are your natural pest controllers you heard it first on LMFM's late lunch this afternoon the message is loud and clear they're not that nasty if you go to New Zealand the other side of the world whenever you can you'll find out what they're really like here's the other thing you're well aware that bee colonies and our native Irish honeybee here the little dark honeybee native to here and and the British Isles indeed in general is under threat for numerous reasons I'm I'm sure you're well aware of this Um, what about wasp populations how are they faring at the moment Yeah, so unfortunately, we don't have the same kind of data on wasps uh, and wasp populations uh, on long-term records as we do for bees. Um, But what we do know is that some wasps are actually doing fine. Um, And that includes things like the yellow jacket wasps uh, and particularly the hornet, actually, um, in the in the UK, Um, because in the the UK, we have uh, the benefits of very good um, long term records by amateur naturalists who record what they've done, what what they've seen, what insects they've seen. Mm. And that now goes back over um, 40, 50 years. And then combined with samples from the Natural History Museum, we've been able to model the um the 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 populations and how they've been changing over the last hundred years and actually over the last hundred years particularly since the 70s um the wasp populations have improved um they've got more healthy and that's probably to do with things like general environmental bills coming in the reduction in um uses of fossil fuels um the environment our environment bills and so the wasps have actually benefited from that kind of thing. Um, so I think at the moment that those specific wasps um, that are very common in the UK and and, parts, and Ireland are doing fine. Uh, that's not to say that all wasps are doing fine. I think we lack so much data. And anecdotally, uh, from colleagues who work in... Um, or who live live and work in Latin America and in Asia and other parts of the world in Africa, they do report um, that 
they see reduced numbers of wasps around in the areas where they live. Mm. Um, but of course, there's no actual data for that. It's okay. just a sort of anecdotal. But in a general sense, they're doing fine. You know, when you go to recycle to a recycle bins at this time of the year with our bottles and our cans, they love those areas and you run the gauntlet. Any suggestions? <laughs> what to do, Sarian? <laughs> uh, well, wash your bottles out properly. And as long as they've got no, no sugary residue, residue of your beer or your wine, then you'll be fine. <laughs> oh my God, if only we could get everybody to do that but you see people put them in with different uh, you know uh, liquids and such like in them that they love and they're in there but my 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 way of working is to go early in the morning or late in the evening they generally settle down don't they in in darkness hours yeah exactly they don't forage at night no species that we get in the uk and the and ireland and so they uh, and also if it's very cold it'll be too cold Mm. for them to fly very well okay so work around the the recycling before we finish i gotta ask you this with a name like sumner you do know a famous man called gordon (laughs) sumner yes I don't know him personally, but yes, of course, Sting. Yes, yes. I know. You should sponsor my research <laughs> if, he's on, if he's listening. <laughs> you took my punchline exactly. I said, uh, he's your man. <laughs> yeah, he would be. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think he's actually any blood relative. But uh, yeah, we share go. a surname, so he should definitely be sponsoring he my research. He should, and well-deserving <laughs> Mr. Gordon Sumner, alias Sting, would it be to uh, fund this wonderful research. <laughs> You've been a joy, may I say. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about wasps. Thank you for joining me on the show, Sarian. Bye-bye. All right. Take bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. That's bye-bye. Professor Sarian Sumner there, all about the wasp. Now, there you are, giving out about wasps and not liking them. They're lovely creatures. There's so much merit in them. Louise, did you ever have an encounter with a wasp? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. Stung you? Yes. Yes. I don't like them at all. I run from them, actually. I'm, I'm like the person with the with the hands in the air flapping, you know, outside if you see one of them near me. But it's funny, it's... If you upset them, you know what I mean? They're going about their business, as I said, and we are the big, bold human beings. Flying around you. You're ah, they, will, they will, they will, because they get annoyed with you. But I've told this before, and I might as well remind listeners again. Have you a wasp story? I'm asking you. Hello out there. Have you a wasp story to tell us? Have you had an encounter with a wasp, with a nest of wasps or anything? Let us know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. or call into 1850-715-958. Years and years ago, I was fishing the Boyne for sea trout up round Oldbridge. And we used to go in at the little humpback bridge. You know the entrance to Oldbridge House? Yeah, you know, you go yeah. the, in at the humpback and the other side of the canal and into the pools there. Oh, they were great. I got so many sea trout there over the years. But anyway, you had to go down through woods. Now, it was a real wilderness. And you're only for, we were mad fishermen. You'd never go down to fish the pools. You'd, you know, it was like going through. It was like Livingston, I presume, if you met anybody, you know, in these woods. But anyway, great pool. I was coming back up one night and had a lovely bag of sea trout. And... I went off track. It was almost dark. I went off track and I walked and then I walk right onto Louise, a, a nest of wasps in the wild. Well, they stung the bejesus <laughs> out of me. They stung me. <laughs> I had hair at the time. They were on me. Oh. Hair. They were on me. Looking at the glass to protect me. My ears. They were everywhere on me. You're lucky. I ran like a lunatic with wasps in my hair and everywhere. I had a little mini at the time. I jumped in the car, waders and everything on, fired the fishing bag in and I just drove straight to the Lourdes Hospital, to the A&E. Mm, I was going to say. <laughs> and I went in through the fun. doors. You could see the, the smell of me in the gear and the waders and everything and I was in a panic and I'll tell you, they had to take the water. I was treated immediately. They poked them out mm. of me 
hair and tweezers. I had to get injected and they gave me medication and all. But here's the sting in the tail. Gosh. A good friend of mine, Paul Maguire, who was also fishing that area a couple of nights later. <laughs> Because I broke the new track in, went the same track. <laughs> oh, no. And the stung the SHI.T out of him, too. <laughs> and we were chatting the next. He said, Some gobshite went <laughs> down the wrong way through the wood. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> That's my wasp story. But there you are. Love wasps is the slogan on late lunch this afternoon. You have to be careful. You could get an allergic reaction. Ah, oh, you can. The anaphylactic shock is mm. a dangerous thing with any sting if you get, especially a wasp sting. But, I know uh, a guy who was drinking outside having a barbecue one day mm. and had a, can, had a can of beer. Took, you know, was chatting away, took a sip and ah, it had been a wasp. He swallowed the wasp. His whole tongue. Oh, no, it. that's hospital then. Hospital mm. with that. Yeah, that's really... Or you have you heard people asleep in bed at night? Getting no. a wasp thing. Oh, I've heard of that. Waking up in the middle of the night, roaring <laughs> with a wasp sure in the bed. Wasp. Woo, wasp is right. Well, as well, you know yourself. You want to tell us more about your, if you're thinking of something Keep else. Keep the windows closed. <laughs> you couldn't in the warm weather, so you'd die. Anyway, anything about wasps, we'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. Let us know. Talk to us this afternoon. Tonight, Unmissable, round about 9.30, the Phil Linnett documentary movie is being shown on television. I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I have the record button pressed. Ah, what a man he was. And thinking about Philo and Lizzie today, well, there's nothing for it but this. Jailbreak. The title track from the album of the same name, Thin Lizzy. Just reminding you, fill in a documentary movie on RTE tonight, round about 9.35. Not to be missed. Back to your wasps. Uh, yes, Sean's been on to say, Jerry, did you know that wasps are the reason that newspaper was invented? Because they ate the bark from trees and regurgitated it and it gave the idea for paper. Sean, thanks indeed for letting me know that this afternoon. Marvellous, the... Uh, Information you get from listeners on the show. Um, Jerry, I was pulling weeds and doing general garden maintenance and must have disturbed the wasps. I was stung everywhere, running round the place like a mad woman. Oh, they're horrid creatures, Jerry. Oh, no, please, please, we're changing the image of the wasp on late lunch this afternoon. Put that down to experience, listener, please. Vera's been on to say, oh, Jerry, I have a wasp story. One day we're doing a charity fundraiser in Park Street in Dundalk. Had an orange can beside me, can of orange. Didn't see the wasp on the can stung me swollen lips straight to the hospital I don't like them either Jerry they're nasty boys says Vera oh my god this is doing all the good away that we we've created on the show just a few moments ago another one from Jerry in Dundalk I was sitting in a park in Guildford a few years back having a few drinks with some local lads over there when a wasp flew straight into my mouth oh my word had to spit it out and it stung me on the tongue. It swelled up and it was simply horrible because I was already feeling tipsy from the drinks, Jerry. Had to abandon the party, stagger home in pain, couldn't talk for the rest of the day. Oh, Jerry, my word. Into the gob. No thanks. That's definitely a no thanks. But anyway, come on. Have a little sympathy for the yellow fellas this autumn time of the year and let them go about the business and don't get in their way. Keep your messages coming. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Up next, next even. <laughs> Up 
next on the show, a local vet tells us about a new environmentally friendly dog food he's come up with. We all have our favourite foods that we feed to our pooches, don't we? I've, I've sort of stuck with generally the same one with my messy for years. I've switched lately because he's got a bit fussy, etc. Uh, but, you know, they have their fans. But with the environment in mind, sustainability and the future, Alison Cummins has a lovely story in this week's Drawhead Independent about Drawhead vet Dr. Frank. Clark, who's come up with a, a certainly interesting way and an interesting new dog food, and he's on the line to tell us more. Frank, hello. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Thanks for having me there now on the show. Oh, not at all. We spotted the story with Alison, and it really is an intriguing one. So, you are thinking ahead, and you know the traditional foods, we know where they come from generally offal and off cuts, and that that go to factories and go into yeah. tins and nuts, etc. You're going a completely different way. Tell us what you're at. Do you know what, Jerry? It wouldn't just be that it, it's the byproducts of the cattle or, or the byproducts of, of the chicken that, that that's the main issue with, with the environment. Yeah. It's as well, there's, there's been a craze, say, the last two years of human-grade meats that have been going in, 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 into, um, into our pet food. Okay. So that would be the likes of chicken breasts and steaks right. and, and, and real contributors towards um, um, the environment and, and to global warming as well. But yeah, it's, it's definitely something unique that, I, that I've thought of here for, for the Irish market. It's the use of the black soldier fly as an insect protein in, in the dog food. But it's, it's, it wouldn't be unique now to, to Europe. It's been around for a few years and we've been feeding the pets and the cats and the cats and dogs in, in Europe with the, the black soldier fly larvae for quite a while now and, and, and they're all thriving on it as well. So it's, it's the, the first time it's, it's on the Irish market, which is fantastic. Now the soldier fly, that's not uh, your blue bottle or that type of fly. This is a particular type of inter- insect that's bred for this. Exactly, yeah. So it would be, uh, be actually the larvae stage of the black soldier fly life cycle. So it's the stage where it's consuming the most nutrients. So it's eating the, all the protein, the, the, the vegetables. Um, it, it, it's clean food waste that they would feed the larvae on and it's trying to build itself up so that it can turn into the fly. So there'd be a misconception out there that people might think there's actually the fly that's going into, into the, the, yeah. the, the, the product, but it's, it's the larvae stage of it. And, and these larvae, explain the process. So it's just pure larvae, this food. It's not mixed with anything else. No, there'll be, there'll be plenty of other stuff that, that's in, in, um, in the diet, in the recipe. So I've designed this recipe to help, say, say prevent a lot of, of illnesses that I see daily, on a daily basis as, as a vet. So it wouldn't just be the, the black soldier fly that I'd be putting into it, the larvae, but it, it, it would be fundamentally a black soldier fly-based um, food that, that a lot of people would be intrigued about. But there's a lot of other stuff in it. There, there'd be rice, there, there's um, beetroot in it. There's a lot of other other ingredients um, that that will be on the website as well that people can read about. Okay, so you combine them and I take it uh, the larvae, they're, they're dried. Is that the process, that they're a dried larvae and then incorporated? Yeah, so they'd be dried and then they, with over in the manufacturers in the Netherlands, they'd incorporate that exactly in, into the, the kibble. So it's, it's a dry extruded kibble that, um, is, that's what Amu is. So Omu is the brand name, O-M-U-U. This is your brand, yeah. this is your food. Now, I mentioned at the start there, you know yourself, we're all fans of different foods for yeah. our pooches. So, you know, you're up against the big boys and girls here. I am, but like I said, it, it's, 
it is the first one here now in Ireland that, that's using the black soldier fly larvae. But I, I've been working on this now, Jerry, for the last two years. And actually what, what intrigued me to start it was I was finding that a lot of pet parents here in Ireland were misinformed when it came to, to, to canine nutrition. And one such example of that would be the, the, um, the grain-free diets. Because you walk into a pet store and you're confronted with, say, 100 different, um, different food products and a lot of them would, would say grain-free on them. But from a, uh, a medical and a scientific background, grains are actually super beneficial to dogs. It's a great source of energy for them. They can digest them really well. And there's a lot of vitamins and minerals that they'll be getting from grains as well. So it, it was a, there was a lot of uh, confusion and mis- misinformation that a lot of pet parents were facing, which, were, which pushed me to form Mamu as well so that, that I can inform people to have a transparent, um, transparent food that the owners can rely on. Does it come in a nut form? Is that what you're talking about? Similar to the bags of nuts that we buy? Yeah, so it'll be a dry a dry nut, a dry kibble. And do you recommend that you know, I saw with my flit just from experience, at times you have to soak it a little, Frank. You know the story when they get a bit bored with it. Is that okay yeah. to do? You can do that, but I've recently completed a food trial and, and, and the basis of the food trial was to see how palatable the, the kibble was and to see the, the stool consistency. And the palatability, I tell you, Jerry, it was 10 out of 10. It was absolutely fantastic. All dogs loved it. And now I wouldn't recommend it for cats, but cats can be super picky. And even in some of the households, the people had to feed the cats in a separate room because the cats were even coming in to try and eat the almost food, which, which is incredible. <laughs> oh, there's some four-legged friends wouldn't let the cat near the bowl for sure there could be a crisis there it's best to keep them apart of course uh, when they're that uh, keen on it this is all good news this is all fantastic news for you as well um yeah. how are you going you know uh, as regards getting it out onto the market i know you're selling online what are your plans there so it's it's a hundred percent. It's sold a hundred percent online at the moment. Um, so people can pop onto the website there. It's www.amupet.com. O m u u p e t dot com. And there's a promotional offer on at the moment. Now it's really funny that you got in contact with me to go on LMFM because I'm actually launching the business now tomorrow. So the bags will, will start going out to customers uh, tomorrow. And at the moment there's a promotional offer on with a twenty five percent discount until tomorrow night, midnight tomorrow night, um, for for, for pre-launch for, for pre-orders and you're telling me that from your trials and that you know what dogs become very used to a food and, and, and they particularly enjoy it now I know like, like ourselves you give them the same thing every day mm-hmm. should they'll get fed up with it they've taken to this they will take you've seen this there's no uh, resistance or turning the nose up no, it's super palatable. They love the taste of it. So on the back of the bags as well, you, you, there's um, there's three little steps on it for introducing your dog to Amu. And the first step will be just the introduction phase itself. So it, there'll be there'll be little pictures in the back of the bag, and it'll say on the first day feed 25% Amu and 75% of the old food, and then say on the fourth day you'll be feeding 50-50, and then 75-25, and then by the tenth day you'll be 100% on the Amu food. So it's slowly introducing them into it, but that wouldn't just be from a palatability point of view but it's also for the bacteria in the gut to make sure that they can adjust well to, to the insect protein mm, introduce it in phase it in and that's the best advice you, you can get with it yeah. um, you mentioned like you're dealing with animals yourself all the time in, mm-hmm. in, in your work and that and of course many issues present but you're saying with the combination uh, of the larvae and all else within this um, it, it is a good food you know in terms of helping animals with their good health. 
Exactly. So I like from from a veterinary medicine point of view, I like the, the dental disease, vomiting, diarrhea, skin conditions. They, they'd be the most common consultations you'd be dealing with in veterinary. So I really wanted to create a product that could help prevent those um, from occurring, and really prevention before before cure is is really important to me. So for for an, from an example of, of of dental disease and as well in in dogs, I included a compound called hexametaphosphate into the into the recipe as well which reduces dental disease dental tartar buildup by 34% oh. so little little niches like that mm-hmm. I've incorporated into the recipe to to make it stand above all the others where do you stand uh, as you mentioned the word stand on on feeding a dog are you a fan of one feed at a set, set time a day or break the feeds up or does it depend it, it all depends really on, on the pet parent and, and their time schedule uh, schedule as well. Some people love to feed them twice a day if, if it's the time that's fantastic, half half the daily amount in the morning and then half the other amount in, in the evening. But if you don't have time, it, it, it's perfectly fine to fill them to feed them the full amount just once a day in the evening or, or whenever suits. Mm. Well, you really are pushing on with this and it's great to see a local guy from, not, who comes from not far where I'm sitting talking to you today you here on the Rad Mullen Road. Uh, you know, the corner, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's fantastic to hear, you know, that you've been involved in this and now it must be a great feeling to bring your product to market and launch it and away you go. Omupet, O-M-U-U-Pet.com There's a special offer there, as Frank says, with the launch tomorrow check it out lots more information i wish you well congratulations thanks a million jerry thanks for joining me again take care bye bye frank that's dr frank clark there veterinarian uh, from drahada with omu pet interesting indeed yes insects you know we spoke to uh the people from hexafly remember in county meath as well that company is flying along based on larvae and insects as well and it seems to be the way of the world going forward in terms of protein and feeding this planet not just dogs but human beings as well yes it is coming it's round the corner folks palatable or not a bit like the wasp anyway back with more of your comments in a moment leaves me down to say got stung by a wasp as a child under me shorts me granny put vinegar on it and suited it with a dandy line leaf. As for the honky-tonk woman, you're half right. So is Louise. Thank you, Liam. So we must have got it between the two of us. It was a club that played grassy blues and country. Women of note frequented the place and was called honky-tonk women. Hence, a white man was called a honky. Thanks indeed for that, Liam, this afternoon. On the what front, listen to this. Rosie's been in touch from Dramiskin. Thank you, Rosie. Lovely to hear from you. Well, Jerry, I was listening to you talking about wasps today and it brought it all back. A few years ago we had small calves in the shed and there was a stack of bales at the time stored behind them. I went in to give them hay and when I pulled down the bale lo and behold I disturbed a wasp nest. The calves went mad A few of them got stung. I was jumping about, waving like a mad woman and I got stung three times in the eye Oh, the eye, the neck and the hand. Took ages for the calves to calm. I will never forget it. My eye swelled up. I managed to use onion and squeeze the sting out of my neck and my hand. Oh, Jerry, you've brought it all back, says Rosie. I could just picture that happening. But a sting on the lip, round the mouth, 
the ear or the eye is a serious matter. It certainly is. I've been stung when I was keeping bees a few times around those areas and it ain't nice, I have to say that. There's another listener saying, oh, Jerry, I'm afraid of my life of wasps. They're the one dread that I have in my life. Well, you know, they have a part to play. They really do. We were talking about it earlier with Professor Serian Sumner. And there is a lot of merit to the wasp, as you heard, uh, in what they do in this world of ours that we live in. But I still say that if you stand in their way, that's my belief anyway. You know, they're going about their business. We're in the way. We're having our barbecues or whatever. And they just come. They're, they're, they're curious. They're looking for food, etc. But look. You've got to take care around them and the children as well. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you, Louise, you were saying to me, I mentioned a moment ago about being stung while asleep. How would that happen when that, you know, we, we were talking about with Terry and they're not out when the sun sets or, or through the night or not really not out in cold yeah. What happened there was a wasp would get in through a window, perhaps, you know, uh, sheets were being changed on a bed or sheets maybe taken with and a wasp. The in the, yeah, and the wasp be lying in the bed. I remember my sister Katrina got an awful stinging from a wasp one night when we were smaller that was in the bed and in our sleep. Imagine feeling that and, and multiple times, like they will sting multiple times as well. It's It'd be an awful shock to get, you know what I mean? Horrible. Horrible thing to do. But I could just see Rosie there, could you, with the cattle? Can you imagine the cattle going mad at the calves? That's a horrendous story. Mm. But uh, eye, ear, mouth, those sensitive oh, areas. Oh, oh. nest line. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I remember we had them in the vent of the house in 24 North Road and we had someone in doing a bit of work. And my mother, Lord Messner, he had this, it was a tradesman in. She got the saw and stuck it into the vent. <laughs> Louise, they came out. Like tornadoes. Why did they do that? Was she put she, she put the sides. She had to put it stuck it into the into the nest of the young ones. They came out and went ballistic. They were going around the place like agitated for ages. Stung your man, the tradesman that was in doing the job as well. Stung me mother. Oh, Jesus, everyone was stung. Those people stung in the neighbours' houses and everything. Oh, when you look back, God Almighty, memories, memories. Anyway, you're at late lunch, LMFM Radio. Still to come, we're going to hear about the nose of Tralee. The title gone to mead more about Stevie Wonder but taking us to news weather and sport at two it's the Scandinavia aha aha it is take on me back to the wasps I was in uh, a car with my aunt and uncle when I was much younger and there was a wasp in the car Jerry my aunt was waving her hands about frantically and my uncle who was driving said it's okay they don't sting you my uncle certainly got stung by a slap on the jaw as the wasp sailed out the window to freedom. I still laugh about it today, John. Lovely story. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Paula was on to say, the danger is when they're dying, Jerry. They're a real danger. I uh, can tell you about a child picking up a wasp from the carpet and being stung badly. Yes, you have to watch them when they're given the last kicks. They can still sting you for sure, Paula. Alice says her son had a nest in the shed and when he got stung, well, he had to put an end to them at that stage and I mentioned to you yesterday in the show about Nigel McKenna I heard he got a fall in New York City at the weekend and it's just reminding me I was attacked by hornets over the weekend when I was clearing me gutters fell off the lather lucky didn't break me foot I'm just hopping round on crutches on oh, Nigel they're devils alright hornets oh they're the boys never mind the wasps the wasps were in the hapney place compared to the hornets thanks for all your comments to the show this afternoon 
Now, it's back to my artist of the week, Stevie Wonder. And the 80s would be Stevie's most successful decade. Hotter Than July became his first platinum-selling album. I remember going down to Golden Discs in Grafton Street and buying it myself, I have to say. And it yielded singles like Happy Birthday, Lately, Jammin' and I Ain't Gonna Stand For It. They were just some of the great songs on that album. He produced the soundtrack, did you know this, for the rom-com movie Woman in Red with the lead single, I Just Called To Say I Love You, topping the charts and winning the Academy Award that year for Best Song 1985. He had a real social conscience. He still has Stevie Wonder. He railed against apartheid in South Africa in words, song and deeds. He campaigned for the release of Nelson Mandela to the displeasure of the then white majority government in South Africa who actually banned his music from the airwaves there. He joined with many other artists on the charity single We Are The World. Oh, isn't that a lovely song? Raising millions upon millions for famine relief in Africa. He also teamed up with Diane Warwick and others re-recording her great hit That's What Friends Are For in support of AIDS victims and research into AIDS. And boy, did that pay dividends. It really did. He remained unattached romantically. He was married for a couple of years, but then went his own way. But the children continued to arrive with second daughter Sophia and sons Keita, Mumataz and Kwame, bringing his ever-expanding clutch to five. I take it Stevie must have been serenading quite a number of women then with this one here. It had to be the reason, hadn't it? No news. Ah yes, Stevie Wonder, I just called to say I love you. My wedding song, our wedding song. Yes, the song we first danced to, uh, myself and Miriam, when we got married all those years ago. It's a very, very special song to me. And it's Stevie Wonder's, one of his biggest hits ever of all time. And more about Stevie in words and song on the show tomorrow afternoon. The Wasp stories just have taken a life of their own. Some more of them here. Margaret was cutting the grass with the dog a couple of weeks ago and out of the blue, a large group of wasps came out of the ditch oh they were all over her stung her stung the poor dog was in a bad way with the stings lucky she says she had the EpiPen a very handy thing to have it really is if you're allergic at all I think you might be because it worked the oracle for Margaret thanks for letting us know today Mark's been on from Kells Jerry had a very delicate escape regarding wasps one morning in late autumn I took a pair of briefs off the clothesline and lo and behold, I never cop, but there was a sleepy wasp in them. I only got a weak sting. Mark is LOLing that one to me there. Weren't you lucky? Oh my God, imagine getting a sting in the nether reaches like that. Michelle has been on from the doctor saying, my poor mam got stung by three wasps. She put on a pair of trousers and they were in the leg. That's a long time ago. And to say, Jerry. She's still terrified. Yes, she's still terrified until this very day. Thanks indeed for all your messages. We love to hear from you on the show. Well, uh, we uh, mentioned Alicia Brennan. She won the Rosa Tralee some years ago. Very good friend of ours on Late Lunch. Dr. Brennan at this stage, may I add. Well, the title has come. It's a double now. They've doubled up in County Mead because 
the nose of Tralee title rests for the next year in the Royal County and we're going to hear about it next. What's in the water in the Royal County? I want mead water. I really do. There must be something in it because they win everything and listen to this. They are now the proud holders of the nose of Tralee title and to tell me more is a very proud Geraldine De Bonus. Hello Geraldine. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Congratulations to you. Thank you, thank you oh, so much. It's fantastic. I'm so excited. I'm sure you are. Tell us about the winner. Well, the winner is my beautiful black Labrador, Holly. Holly is 15 years old. Well, she's actually, it's easier to say now, she's going to be 16 in December, please God. Um, she's a wonderful dog. Um, she's been my soulmate for years and years. I've had her since she was eight weeks old and she's just amazing. She's always wag, always wagging her tail and everybody loves our Holly. She, you can bring her on walks. She'll talk to dogs. She'll talk to cats. She'll talk to everybody. She's a great girl. I have to tell you, you're barking up the right tree here because I am a Labrador fan and <laughs> I've had Labradors all my life as well. I have a fella Same. called Messi at the minute and he's 10. My God, 16 is a great age. She is. Now, she is frail, I must say, but she has two brothers in the house as well. We have two other Labradors as well, so they keep her company and they're so gentle with her. It's just lovely to see. Just, it's, They're just brilliant. I just, We're all about dogs in this house and it's just brilliant. Now, there were, listen to this, folks, 1,600 pets entered mm-hmm. this competition and it wasn't just dogs. There, was cat, there were cats, cows, horses, pigs, etc. But anyway, 32 it was whittled down to. What did you have to do or what did she have to do? What was the process? Well, a bit unlike the nose tree, there was no party piece or anything. So I just saw the competition come up one night um, online and I said, oh, I'll apply for that for the crack. Literally just for the mess. And I put my dog George and Holly in. Never, ever did I think they'd get anywhere. So Holly gets into the semi-final and I was like amazed. And then she got into the final. I was even more amazed. And yesterday when she actually won, my husband took a video of us watching her you know, the announcement, and I was just <laughs> gobsmacked. I was absolutely gobsmacked. But it was just wonderful. She won on public vote. Yeah. So you had to vote every day for your dog of choice. And Holly won out of 21,000 votes across all the 32 dogs. And I just have to thank everybody who voted for her. Mm. Um, people across Retote, the businesses here in Retote, they were so good putting up posters for her. I think people think I was a bit nuts, but sure, they know that anyway. And, <laughs> but then when I got onto my social media, we set up a Facebook page for her. And the support I got from that from my family and friends, particularly Helen and Beverly, I have to shout out to them. And they spread the word. And I know we have had votes for Holly from New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. I think I got one from Bangladesh as well. And, you know, even from the States. So it's gone worldwide now at this rate. But at the end of the day, she's still my baby girl here in Retote. And it's just amazing. I'm just so delighted for her. I love the tagline. Every day is a holiday. Love my girl, huh? Yeah. She's had that tagline for years and years. That's not something that we've come up with. She's had that since she was a pup because Mm. she's such a happy girl and it's just lovely. And, you know, I know the love you have for her and the others as well. What about holiday times if you were away? Do you kennel them or have you kenneled her over the year or what? Yeah, no, we've always been very lucky. Um, my, My sister will come up and look after them as well. My sister Helen, she comes up and looks after them. If we're only going away for a night or two. 
Um, and then kennels, I have tried different kennels based on people's availability, my friends and this and that and the other. But now at the moment, I'm, I'm using Belinter kennels, which mm. is just near Belinter House. Um, and, it's you know, I, I do check my kennels when, when we're going. I want to see where the dogs are staying. Um, and the amount of kennels that are around that are so well serviced here in the County Mead is brilliant. Mm. Um, and because everybody, loads of people have dogs now, loads and loads of people have dogs, they're very, very busy, the kennels. Yes. So it, it, and it's great to see that the ones I would use anyway have always been immaculate, well kept, and the dogs are always happy coming home, which is the main thing. Geraldine, tell me honestly, when you're away, are you thinking about her and the others? And when you come home, are you as happy to see them as I they am. are you? I am, and of late now, any time we've been away, we were away for a few days recently, and I was just, oh, I wonder, is Holly okay? Because she's so old, yeah. I'm always very nervous about it, but I always tell people, she's so old, you have to look after her now. She needs extra care now, and she's actually the Mead nose now, so you need to take care of her. So that was my last message when I put her into a kennel there a few weeks ago for a few days. And sure enough, she came home, tail still wagging, so we're all good. But I do miss her. I do miss her when I'm away from her. Well, there you are. National yeah. fame at long last is hers. I, before I go, Jerry, I have to shout out to Pet Sitters Ireland, who actually set up the competition. Kate McQuillan down there in T- Tralee, hence the name, Nose mm-hmm. of Tralee, because Kate is in Tralee. And she did a fantastic job. They're an actual alternative now to kennels. Yeah. Um, a, you know, the people will come to your house yes. to look after your dog yes. there, and they also have to do a walking service as well, which is brilliant. So, big shout out to Kate. Eight years of this competition, I think it's only getting stronger and stronger, and I hope to, I hope they run it again next year because it's brilliant and it's such fun. Yeah, and they we've spoken to them in the past, of course, here on the show. Oh. They provide a great service. I'm very familiar with them. Anyway, best wishes to you and to Holly, and she has our title now and a few little goodies along with it to enjoy, and many years of happiness to a lovely, lovely girl. Uh, thank you so much, Jerry. Lovely talking to you. Take care of yourself. Thank you for joining me on the show today. That's Geraldine de Bonis there, owner of Holly, the, ro- the I was going to say the rose, the nose of Tralee. It went ahead this year, not like the uh, rose, uh, nose of Tralee, title to Mead this year, 2021. That's a lot on late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Eddie's coming next with the drive tomorrow. Dominic McDowell. He is the CEO of Cubicle 7. They're based in Stamullen, the biggest role-playing gaming company in the world on our doorstep here. And tomorrow, the 99th anniversary of the assassination of Michael Collins and Andrew O'Connor's brilliant book, A Great Beauty, is reissued to coincide with that anniversary. We'll be talking to Andrew tomorrow and more besides. Have a lovely midweek Wednesday. See you tomorrow, 1.30. It's a date for your late lunch. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault traffic at Blackstone Motors and get a five-year warranty and low APR with same-day business finance. Call our van specialist Danny today. See blackstonemotors.ie Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.